welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. Welcome back to Series 8 of Helpful Social Work. I'm Jo. And I'm Jerry, and we're recording this in um, January 2024 and it's the ninth podcast in Series 8. It's going to be going out in February. Uh, we have one more to go after this in March and then our review of the year. And for this podcast, we are delighted to be joined by Chantal and Sylvia from the anti-racism movement. Hello. Good. Hi, Sylvia. Good afternoon. Good day, depending <laughs> on where we are in the world. <laughs> Thank you for how having you, us. How are you both doing? Oh, uh, well, so how are you? <laughs> Twenty million dollar question. Um, I mean, I, I, I think firstly, I'd like to thank both the uh, yourself uh joe and jerry for for having me i don't know what chantal wants to do and I... me come on speak for both of us sometimes come on i don't, I, I don't want to speak for both of us <laughs> you speak for yourself woman fine <laughs> <laughs> yes thanks so much for having us introduce yourself a bit then tell us a bit about yourself okay, okay. yeah i mean i have um been working with that lady chantal for a couple of years now um we uh well we work at the Tavistock, but I've changed my position and um previously I was working um with Chantel on the Masters in Social Work program um as a as a lecturer and uh I also work on the doctorate program at the Tavistock um as a supervisor did do some teaching, but I've sort of slightly changed my, my focus now. Uh, background, I was totting it up the other day. I've been qualified for nearly 40 years. You'd never believe it, but I can see all the greys sprouting out now. <laughs> um, most of my professional career has been, um, with children and families, uh, and some mental health and of course, significantly education. Um, and outside of that, I love music. I um, host a podcast uh, called Social Workers Matter. And um, I've joined Chantel um, with the organization Arm and really, really enjoying it. So I'm not going to go on for too much longer, but um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Thank you. Um, and we'll also be talk about on a bit more, but just to introduce myself, I'm Chantal Thomas. Um, again, thank you, Jerry and Joel, for, you know, having us here and, you know, giving us this opportunity. Um, absolute privilege. Um, uh, yeah. So I, um, lead a master's program at the Tavistock and also, um, the professional lead, um, for social work and, um, also a qualified social worker. Not so many years as Sylvia though, you know, I'm the young one. I'm the baby of the bunch. Um, probably the loudest though. <laughs> and probably give the most problems, but that's absolutely fine. Um, um, and yeah, so my interest is, is, has been around, um, yeah, children and families, particularly looking at, um, black and disadvantaged families and, and the kind of the additional struggles, um, and, and, um, barriers and hurdles that are faced, you know, with, with children, particularly on child protection plans, um, and, 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 um, court orders and what have you. So that's been my background. Um, 
I also used to work for Basra as the anti-racism lead. Um, so that was a really exciting role. Um, and I think, you know, it's probably one of the, the, the kind of steering points in, in me, um, kind of founding arm, you know, the anti-racism movement. Um, and, you know, the, the, the self-care we're going to be talking about a bit later really kind of comes from, it's, it's a cumulative effect from the experience that we've had, you know, growing up, but also entering social work as a profession and, you know, the, the kind of hurdles and barriers that we face in that regards. I think I'll pause there <laughs> and back over to Jerry before I go into um, um, who we are in, in terms of the arm movement. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you both, Chantel and Sylvia. That was absolutely um, lovely to hear all the things that you've done. And it always, um, whenever I, I think about all, all the um, energy that you've put into social work over the years, I am awed. It's mm-hmm. um, lovely to listen to people who've really, you know, stuck in this career. Um, and 40 years, Sylvia, that's... Um, <laughs> The life sentence, right? Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a decent well, whack at something, you know, isn't it? The thing, Joe, is when you sort of you think, where has all the time gone? Yeah. I can remember so clearly when I qualified and, you know, thought I was going to change the world along with some of my other peers. <laughs> Look now, almost 40 years on, still knocking about. Well, the world has changed, actually, mm. hasn't it? Because I've been in practice for around 30 years and it has changed. It's just that some of some of the things that we were hopeful for haven't haven't come about in the way that we expected. We and yet I often find myself and I think that's right, Chantelle, it is yet. But you can find yourself thinking, oh, I have said this a few times yeah. before now. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 it is the yet that matters. And it's the looking at the young social workers coming through and kind of realising where their energy and passion is and supporting them and helping them to keep that challenge happening, um, you know, that's so important. And that kind of fits nicely into what we're going to be talking about today, doesn't it? That idea of self-care and how we nurture that kind of flame of passion within us. But um, I've just got we we said in our last podcast, helpful social work, um, that we'd be handing over to you guys, um, which is very very exciting. Both Jerry and I are so delighted that <laughs> no, you guys have agreed no to come and <laughs> come and do this. It feels like just the such the right move, um, and so you're going to be doing this kind of as part of the anti-racist movement. And so therefore, I guess you'll be bringing some colleagues on. And so we wanted to do this joint podcast since you're going to be the voice of this. Um, And so before we start on the topic, would you like to talk a little bit about ARM and what it is that, you know, you hope you're going to do with this podcast, I guess? I can, yes. I think I'll probably jump in with that one. Um, so yes, so we are the anti-racism movement. We are a collection of, of black female professionals, predominantly working, um, academia or senior level, um, um, uh, uh members in, in, in particular organizations. Um, and we kind of came together out of a conversation, um, and a conversation actually around self-care <laughs> and what, and the, the, what was missing in, 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 the wider workspace. Um, we identified that there was a gap um, and we identified that we didn't have a space as women, as black women particularly, um, to, to really talk about um, how race and how racism, you know, in society impacts 
you know, our, our trage- trajectory in, in the workspace, but also how it affects how we interact with each other, um, our, you know, within, you know, as professionals, but also outside of work as well, and how that can be a very heavy burden to carry, um, and how we're often, um, kind of working in silos, you know, a lot of us were working, um, maybe not have anti-racism roles or, or titles in, 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 in our work, but we're working, you know, to, to, to promote, um, um, plans and strategies and to, you know, to, 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 to push, um, this agenda forward. Um, and yeah, we just felt like there was something missing in, in terms of how we can speak about our experiences in a way that's authentic, in a way that, um, is unapologetic, um, and in a way that, we can share and support um, each other um, through particular uh, um, circumstances. So we talk about building communities of resistance, um, building those for ourselves and not waiting for others to build that for us. Um, So, yeah, we put out a call on Twitter and LinkedIn and just said, you know, who's who's in <laughs> you know we need we, we we're creating a space um, a virtual space initially um and and who's in and yeah the volume um of of people that that came back to us um to try to you know needing this space wanting this space um and a year on you know i'll talk a bit more about you know our, our recent one year anniversary but that that's how arm kind of you know that's how it started that's how we you know first first came about um as well silver anything you want to add you know I me mean, i can kind yeah. of go off on a tangent <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think um certainly in terms of my entry to to the group um it felt like a really um warm and um healing uh, space mm. initially and then what began to emerge was that uh you know all of us had things incidences experiences mm. that we wanted to bring into that space so we began then to uh sort of structure the time that we 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 have together um because as you can imagine coming into a space like that that feels so healing and warm and so on you know everybody wants to pitch in and and, <laughs> and share and, and whatever so we began to to bring about a bit of a structure to uh to 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 the space and um Chantel has written a, a a rather kind of lengthy piece um about what underpins how we function in that group um and and essentially it's it's not rocket science but we we create uh a, a a space where there is a section of time where individuals can bid for the space um, and then they have the opportunity to share with with us and what's happening for them and then the rest of us think together about what's been shared so it's it's you know it's it's very much along the lines of um the sort of case discussion um kind of approach uh, that's one part of the of, of our session um and i think it really it really has begun to work well um, and every time we, we, we meet and someone has the opportunity to share and unburden themselves of, of what's troubling them or what has happened with them, um, we always get the feedback that they really found the, the space and the opportunity valuable. Um, nobody wants to leave, do they, Silver, at the end? We're all don't want to leave. <laughs> um, also not helped by my little DJing at the beginning. I, I kind of, I'm, I've been tasked with, 
playing some very kind of relaxing music. Which we appreciate wholeheartedly. Honestly, yeah. you know that goes down really well. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we do, we also do it at the end. So it's quite, it's quite therapeutic and practical. Yeah. Um, which I think, I think is really, you know, we really, I guess, want all of us to kind of leave with something mm. positive from the, from the experience of coming together. It's not just a talking shop. Um, we really do leave with with something really positive. Yeah, excellent. I just wanted to add as well, so thanks for that. You know, uh, the feedback that we've we've been getting is 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 you know people ring fence this time. <laughs> it's 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 so important, um, and we tag it onto the end of the day, um, and try to maybe bring a little bit of it into the evening, so people don't have to go back to work. Um, afterwards, you know, we meet once a month online, um. And really, our vision is is about disrupting the race, racist narratives, and that's what we kind of talk about, you know, um, particularly in social work, education, and and, and practice and training. Um, and it's, it, ultimately, it's about making a difference, and that's what we're talking about here in terms of that that making a difference to people's lives, um, whether it's our lives as professionals, but also the service users and, and our colleagues that that we're working with as well. Um, so yeah, that that's our vision, as I said, about about being leaders and disrupting those narratives. And I mentioned about our mission is about being fearless um, and about being unapologetic about who we are and about forming those collective resistance, you know, nurturing each other. You know, that's really, really important for us um, and about caring um, deeply. Um, and I think it is about that care, that self-care and that self-love um, that often we, we we don't feel that we're getting um, from from the wider space um, and about creating harmony with our, with our own stories. And the stories of others, you know, who have gone before us as well. And I think that's really, really beautiful. Um, um, and about honouring the wonderful lives lived on our own path, you know, to kind of self-determination as well. So that's our mission. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. But it's, it's important, I think, to, to kind of state that we, you know, we, we, we are focused and we, we do have, you know, we have, we have a, a, a path that we're following. Yeah. And the things that you're talking about, that commitment to, equity that commitment to overturning structures that hold people back the 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 passion about caring for each other and speaking out and doing that collectively those are so core to social work aren't they and i think um there's so much that all social workers can learn from that um Mm. from that example that role modeling um but also having those voices amongst us and creating you know pushing out the boundaries around people so that there's there's more and more space where that that like that work is happening um that's what we need in the profession hmm absolutely it would yeah, be great if, if you know lots lots of different groups adopt some of what we're trying to do yeah. um, because you're right Jeremy there is a benefit for everybody hmm. you know and obviously you know, I, you know, I know we're focused on on black social workers and black women particularly because there was a gap there but Mm. it isn't about you know um um um, you know pushing anybody else aside this is something that will benefit the wider space and i think that's that's important to kind of um to 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 note as well you know yes it's it's a space for us in the moment you know it's some benefit you know, you know, Martin Luther King talks about, you know, just injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So it kind of speaks to that um, in, in, in regards to, you know, looking after ourselves. So, you know, putting on your own mask before you can then go out to help others um, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, that's really what the essence of today is, as well as about that, that topic of self-care, um, of sustaining ourselves so that we can do this work um, that is 
probably the most important thing, isn't it? It's about raising human experience to um, to enable people to thrive. And it's a massive privilege and also really difficult and more, much more difficult when you're being held back yourself. Um, and we've we've talked in this series about different aspects of support around social workers. And now we're focusing in on self-care. Um, but just to make it clear that we're there's agency that we have, but we really need collective agency. Um, it's not about it's up to you to look after yourself kind of thing. And we did a podcast on self-care actually back in 2020 in series five because COVID-19 pandemic was going on and it's interesting I listened back to that I was six months into the pandemic in the UK and we were talking about the social work role in recovery and reconstruction after essentially a disaster um, and the importance of reflection and of using learning to build future resilience actually really similar to the things that you've just been talking about that ARM is doing um, and at that time in 2020 um, there was a huge focus on inequity following George Floyd's murder and also because of all the evidence that was coming about about how unequal the impact of the pandemic was. And I do think it's really important to remember. I found it really, really um, striking to, to put myself back into 2020, three years, three and a half years ago now, and mm. think about the the passion and the energy um, because holding on to that is a really important element of of motivation and, and kind of keeping going but also at that time I think there was just such a strong sense of how personal individual and context affected everyone's experience was um, and we can go back into a kind of more routine way of thinking about life and work and getting on with stuff but I think in 2020 it's almost like the curtains open and you could see just yeah you, know, you could see behind the scenes that's like how much people's lives are affected by um by the inequity and by what was going on. Um, so when we're talking about self-care, of course, it is really incredibly individual. Um, and I wondered if there was, you, you mentioned this event that you had, your one year anniversary. Can you say a bit more about how that attended to, to, to the particular kind of specific needs people have and, and what you did? I mean, can I just, before, before um, Chantel launches into that, one of the things that was triggered for me jerry by what you just said is that um somehow i think the significance and the impact of of the whole pandemic um it has really disrupted i know it certainly has disrupted me and my thinking um and i and i there's a part of me that really does strongly uh resist returning to the routine as was the status quo and I think that might be the experience for, for many people. Um, the impact was huge. And I don't think people are going to necessarily just return to the old routine anytime soon. This, you know, I think it's almost as, almost, uh, could be likened to some kind of traumatic response, really. I think a lot of us are, are feeling well, those of us who, who, who are thinking about it, we're just thinking there's no way we can return to the old routine as it was. Yeah. And I Maybe think we shouldn't if we were masking no, so much stuff. Exactly. You know? yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, no, I think that was a, a good inter intervention mm. there um, mm. because I was thinking along the same lines, Sylvia, and I was also <laughs> thinking that in some places, though, what strikes me is the total lack of acknowledgement yeah. that anything happened. Yeah. And I find that 
really disturbing. Mm -hmm. So when I go into an organization, which is trying to go back to how it was, Mm -hmm. that's what they want to do. And there's no acknowledgement of the change and the trauma and the, and the release for some, you know, like all the things that happened for people Mm -hmm. in that time. I, I find that silence kind of, eerie and a bit inexplicable Mm -hmm. like I want some kind of honoring and some kind of change to the order not not a return so I I don't know yeah Um, I think no no no, I don't say and I I think what what is that about you know what why are people so desperate to go back to how things were um why are some people so desperate to maintain you know the status quo um I think it, it, yeah, there's, there's so many arguments, you know, uh, around that. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, I, and, you know, like many others are resisting <laughs> that as much as, as we can. Um, and I think it's important that we are mindful and, you know, keep, you know, reminding people of, you know, the, the impact of what, you know, you know, 2020 and, um, how we, we've learned we can do things differently. Um, we can do things differently and it, it's okay to do things differently. Um, but yeah, um, I, 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 I agree that there are, you know, there's kind of like two forces at play, isn't there? Yeah. And I'm, and, 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 and I, you know, I think about, um, I mean, at the time I, um, I had to attend memorials online because we lost people. Um, you know, there were all kinds of other horrendous things that were happening during the, during the pandemic. I mean, personally, I lost friends. I mean, you just can't. You just can't pretend that that stuff didn't happen. Um, we lost service users. Um, and, you know, it, I think it, it opened the door to trying to find better ways. But there is a really strong push to wanting to return to the way, you know, but business as usual. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, really that status quo, stomach, I think. That's a real pull on mm. um, hanging on to power in the places that it was before, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 definitely. And the disruption needs to continue. I think that's the difficult bit, isn't it? To kind of keep the energy and the yeah. um, the passion. Mm. Back to your question, Jerry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm going to say back to the question. Yeah. <laughs> in terms You've of, got to you draw know... this all together now, Chantel. <laughs> So in terms of your, your of, um, job, Chantel, yeah, we, 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 we create that space where we can reimagine, you know, and I think that's important. I think that's what I was thinking about, you know, as, as we were talking. Um, we, we're, we're thinking about what the world can be like if certain things, you know, were were in place. Um, so basically, the, the event we had at, in, in November, we had a, a face-to-face, in-person, celebratory one-year anniversary. Um, yeah, some, which was, some of us did. Sorry, um, Sylvia was sunning herself in the Caribbean, which she hasn't mentioned because she was away for three months. Self-care, you know, with a capital S. Essential and a capital self-care, yeah. Exactly. That was um, not where I was going to put the focus, but carry on. Okay, I'm, I'm mentioning it for you, my dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was our, it was our one year anniversary. As I mentioned, we, we had been meeting online for the past 12 months. So that was our first time most of us were meeting, um, in person um and it was an opportunity for us not only just to come together but really think about what had gone before you know so we were talking about um um 
you know, the past, the, the year gone by, um, how things can be different, what we want to do, you know, for ourselves going forward. Um, but it was also, as I said, a space for us to, you know, build our, our community of resistance, um, nurture each other, you know, in that, in that, in that physical space. Um, and also, um, listen, you know, we had two professors that were there that were giving us, you know, self care from, you know, um, um, from their perspectives. We had a, a psychotherapist there, you know, thinking about it from a therapeutic, um, angle. We was able to, um, write poetry together as well, thinking about, you know, healing, um, you know, from, from down in our soul. I'm currently reading a book actually, and I've, I've put Sylvia onto it called Rest is Resistance. Um, and it talks about the power of self care and not just self care as in painting our nails and, you know, doing your hair, but, but it as a, as a method or a means, um, um, um to resistance. So while I hadn't read the book in, in, in November, when I think about the, the events, um, 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 back then, that was what we were doing. We were taking a pause from, you know, our day jobs, from, you know, from the real world, so to speak, and just creating a space where we could reimagine, um, how things could be going forward and what each person, you know, could do, uh, um, individually, but also what we wanted to focus on as a collective as well. Um, so I'm, yeah, really, really excited. Um, it, well, it was exciting and I'm still excited, um, 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 by it and about what, the future holds um for us following that event as well. Silv. <laughs> you was online, you were still there? I was still there, but I didn't benefit from any of the snacks and the um lovely food you all <laughs> Oh, I forgot about the food. That was a major regret. Um but yeah, I think um you know obviously I was sort of one step removed, but what what I could certainly uh feel and 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 appreciate was the fact that you know the, the the women who attended. They was there was a mixture of of excitement, but also many of them were, were also troubled and and really found the space valuable because because of what they were what they've been experiencing. So I think um, what you mentioned earlier, Chantelle, about you know lots of the time we're sort of working in silos and and working um, in isolation. That that gathering. In, you know, face to face, not really important. Mm. Um, and even though the room was probably too small, but, uh, <laughs> we need funding. We didn't get funding. Honestly, we've got to do yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, no, but it really felt, um, it really felt valuable. And then to have, um, you know, Claudia and, um, um, our colleague, uh, sort of, share their advice from their experience. I mean, all that stuff was so valuable, so valuable. So, no, I enjoyed it, even though I was a, a step removed, yeah. <laughs> and can I just add, we were due to finish that particular time, and an hour, two hours later, people were still congregating in, in you know, in the um, outer area. Um, and I think that just speaks to the value of the space. Um, I, I, I observed some really deep conversations. So I, I gave space for, yes, we had collective conversations, but it was also time for people to, to speak one on one with, with, you know, with, 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 with others. Also, um, you know, to, we, I made people write, um, when I say made, um, you know, I, I you, are take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to write about hopes for the future. I think often what, what can happen to us, particularly when we're working in, 
kind of toxic environments where we're not afforded the time to really rest, reflect um, and heal is we lose that that ability to to reimagine. And I, and I mentioned that before, or think about how things can be different or what we want different for ourselves. Mm. Um, and we was able to create that in, in that moment. Um, and for me, yeah, there's no money, you know, I would, I would pay, you know, you could, you could, you could, or you could actually pay me loads of money to get that, but it, it was invaluable. <laughs> it was invaluable. Yeah. And it seems to me that the, that the idea of people gathering together as well, you know, like, um, is a, is another thing that perhaps we have been missing over yeah. the past few years and and so those those touch points where we're physically with each other um and co and creating things together like poetry and and memories and sharing the food i agree with you sylvia i think you know it's really important to <laughs> Break bread. <laughs> Break bread together. That's exactly right. Yeah. But you know, to sit across from different people and, and get that energy. And that's, that's what we're really wanting for our profession. When we think about self care, when I think about self care, you know, I do think about that reimagining and that kind of, um, the sense of agency that you hold yeah, in yourself, right. that belief that actually your efforts and the, um, difficulty of, the work, the emotional difficulty of the work is actually making good difference well, and, yeah, and is rewarding not only to you but to others. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something there about, um, you know, what you said, what Martin Luther King said about, you know, injustice to one is injustice to all or justice, you know, justice is, is, um, is there for all of us. It's, just, it's the same for that kind of um, feeling of well-being if we if we're going into work with people and we're feeling as if we've been nurtured and as if we're strong and as if we 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 feel we can make a difference then that we're going to transfer that That's to right. the people we're working with and they'll get that sense of energy and hopefulness and research tells us actually that you know people's belief in what's being offered to them that what's being offered to them is helpful actually makes a huge difference to how they receive that help <laughs> and and part of part of nurturing ourselves is is actually you know um helping us be effective as a practitioner i think <laughs> and and it sounds to me like if i'd been to an event like that i think i would have walked away feeling very replenished yeah. and replenishment is what we're looking for for people isn't it and um and then on top of that um you know in in the community where, as you say, black female social workers are, ex are experiencing um, racism, are experiencing distress, are experiencing all sorts of things, um, the, you know, kind of false glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. but when I worked for the professional support service, we had a disproportionate amount of, of calls from um, black female social workers who mm -hmm. were really distressed. So there's also the extra harm that people can be experiencing in a place as well as what we're all experiencing in terms of the emotional distress. I mean, I think, I think you're absolutely right, Joe, the, and, and setting up arm is probably going to be really helpful in sort of bringing those kinds of issues to the fore, because if people generally feel quite isolated and, and want to keep their heads down and, 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 you know, feel unable to kind of rise above the parapet sort of thing. An organization like ARM is, is really going to help to support them with that. Um, the other thing I was thinking as you were speaking there, Joe, was the, the sort of, you know, the harm that, um, I suppose, uh, a pandemic 
has done in terms of our human connections and our human connectedness. And I think, you know, meeting face to face in the same space was another benefit. You know, it, it, it's helping to reestablish our human connectedness. As much as I feel that, you know, Zoom and Teams are convenient, um, <clears throat> there is the other reality that it's making us more and more separate. Um, so there's all those kind of human things that need repairing um, and advancing, I think. Mm. I've gone off on a tangent, but no, I hope... No, no, that's, 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 that's fine. I just, I just yeah. want to follow on from yeah, what you both just said, because, you know, you know, my role at Basel was around looking at anti-racism from a, you know, a national perspective. Um, but what I didn't envisage was, you know, the amount of calls, even though I didn't work for the professional support service, you know, women, particularly black women, would contact me telling me, you know, their experiences. So, you know, the vicarious trauma that I was, you know, going through in, in that regards, again, you know, was, was, was one of the reasons why, you know, at community care, you know, 2022, you know, with two other colleagues, we sat down and had a conversation of what do we need? You know, what, 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 what's missing? What, what, what can we provide not only for others, but also for ourselves? I think that's really important. Um, the space is, is for, for us. You know, yes, I may steer the ship. There's a team, you know, a core team and we have wider members. Um, but there's, there's still a whole raft of, of, of other people that, that, that need something. And, um, how can we have mini arms maybe or mini spaces in, in, in different parts of the country that can nurture people, people as well? Um, because as you mentioned, Joe, you know, um, black women, particularly black women over 40, um, are the most disadvantaged. In, in our in our profession um and probably in wider society as well um so we need to look at um you know how we can do things differently what we need to do differently and also um what we can do for ourselves i think that is a big part of arm as well is what we can do um mm. for ourselves i think it's quite interesting that although we're talking about self-care we're actually talking about collective self-care aren't we i don't think anyone's mm-hmm. within social work is going to be able to look after themselves on their own on their own no yeah. even though even we, the system will make us think that we, we we should be you know and it's our responsibility i think you touched yeah. on that at the beginning this individualized society that we're in yeah. is really yeah. counter to the needs of social workers so that they can That's support fine. the needs of communities isn't it it's mm-hmm. yeah just it just yeah and it's it's it just places places the added, added burden on social workers and makes them make makes us feel like it's yeah, if we're not looking after ourselves, it's, like, it's our fault, mm. you know. Um, but we are also really, really, yeah. I was just saying, we are, we are also really, really good at peer support. That comes yeah. from the research yes. all the time, doesn't it? And that's just, that's kind of the the way out of this mm-hmm. difficult place, I, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was going to say, m- m- many of our approaches are about collectivism. So, you know, this this whole battle that we've been having with, individualism um you know we just have to see the wood for the trees really uh, and and return to what we're we're strongest at mm. uh, and and really promote that mm. no man is an island i don't know what song is it but my one of the reggae song you know none of us can do this on our own you, we you, can't. you don't want me to break out singing do you please go ahead go ahead no, no, no. <laughs> I, I was hoping sylvia that you'd be bringing little snippets of music <laughs> into these podcasts <laughs> 
So I think that will be a Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This morning, it's tr- far too early. Yeah. I do try every now and again. I once tried singing, and um, I think Jerry probably edited that bit out. <laughs> you made me a style. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to, Refer us back to the um the toolkit that we've been talking about for Baswa and this um well being toolkit about working conditions um which does talk about self care but it, with that collective lens to it and some of the ways that we can look after ourselves and each other like really practical things and whenever I read those kind of practical things I always think well that's kind of obvious <laughs> but then I still don't really do it necessarily mm-hmm. um. I, mean, I don't know, Joe, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we, about how much easier it is to say something on a podcast than, than to actually do it. Than to actually, actually do it. <laughs> I've I've discovered, Jerry, that the way to um the way to get some of these things done is to set smaller goals for yourself. I always kind of used to be right, I have to exercise for an hour. And now I've cut it down to thirty minutes and I can do it. Yeah. But an hour was too much of a barrier for me, but 30 minutes I can do. And, you know, things like just stand up from your desk and, and those kind of things. So I, I do think that get fresh air and exercise. And, but we're, we're talking about how we can, we can feel in control of ourselves because actually we'll work best in the community and we'll reach out for connectivity mm-hmm. when we feel we have something to offer and we feel we have something to offer or something that we need when we're paying attention to ourselves. So there is, you know, the idea of thinking about ourselves and our own needs and and what we can offer to the world is really useful. But I feel that resilience, the concept of resilience has been weaponized Mm -hmm. um, and used as a bit of a stick to beat uh, particularly the human services with. So, you know, um, I have a friend who's a nurse. I've spoken about her before, but, you know, she's often working 13 hours straight. She's usually down at least three three um, staff members at any one time because they can't fill the vacancy rate. And um, she carries glucose in a pocket so that she doesn't get dizzy while she's oh. f- moving through the shift. And um, so the answer for the trust she was working for was to send her on a resilience course. Um, And that's not okay. I've been doing this fantastic um, course with Dr. Michael Ungar, who is, um, he does lots of work on resiliency around the world. And he talks about resiliency as being an interconnected thing and that it's a system and the individual is a part of that and benefits from it and can contribute to it. But the individual without the system around them can't thrive no matter how resilient they are Mm. because there has to be opportunities in the system, in the context around the individuals Mm. for them to use their resilience in. Yes. You know, and and so that that the idea of... um, people having internal resilience, you know, grit or toughness, and that that's enough is is really just just not accurate. It's not. You know, no, it's not, it's there not helpful. has to be a functioning, thriving system around you, or there has to be some places or spaces mm-hmm. where you can use that that resilience. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that the um, Working Conditions Toolkit that Jerry mentioned talks about so well, 
is that it always places the individual in the systems and it says these systems have to be resilient. Mm. And I was heartened to see in the Children's Social Care National Framework, which I'm sure we've all been reading just you know, and yeah, working no, together to safeguard children. I'm sure yeah, we just right. haven't yeah. we haven't taken our eyes away from it. In both of those, they actually do start to model some systems thinking. Okay. So they do talk about this is what the organization has to do, this is what the leaders have to do, this is what the mm-hmm. managers have to do, this is what the practitioners have to do. So they're acknowledging that embedded that system. Um and there is this problem, good. isn't there, in social work that you know, we know from research that social workers don't ask for help for themselves. And I think that all comes back to this idea that um, we we're there to support other people and they're in a kind of worse place often mm. than we are. And mm. so we, we've got to kind of keep going for them. You know, I've, mm. I've heard this often from people who are kind of, well, I can't go and support my own child right now because there's these children that I need to support or I can't um, take time for me or have lunch because there's this older person that I need to make sure is um, is okay today you know that kind of um, yeah being there for other people and I think it is it is manipulated or you know used by um, by people who who want to kind of get more out of social workers without Mm -hmm. supporting Mm -hmm. them and that's by no means everyone, but there are there are places that it's just not good to work, you know. Yeah, and it's manip- and we do it to each other though, Jerry. We do it to each other as well because and it, and you know part of um our intrinsic motivation to go into social work is about a purpose. It's that desire to do things, you know, in service of something larger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. it's a huge driver, and that's fantastic. It, it means that we're off we're able to offer relationship to other people in difficult or distressing circumstances, but it can also give us this idea that people don't have any self-determination or self-advocacy or ability to manage. And I think it can turn into that rescue response sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that is really um, demeaning for the people we're working with. To I mean, put them in a position of, you know, that we're here to rescue you because yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a big power play, isn't it, when Very we, when we do power. that? I know we don't mean to, but I, I do feel that it... It's what happens. I mean, I, 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 as you guys were speaking, I'm just thinking, well, thank goodness we are now, I think, more in a position where we're, we're, we're recognising what burnout means and mm-hmm. uh, what it represents. Right. Um and in a way, it's sort of forcing us to be more sensible, I guess, to some degree about filling our cups. Because if we don't, we can't, we can't fill anybody else. We can't help anyone else if we're running on empty. I mean, I, I do love that analogy. I probably put <laughs> to tears with, with constantly saying it, but I'm becoming increasingly more aware of this whole, the importance of, you know, filling one's cup when I'm mentoring or coaching or supervising um, and you're confronted with a supervisee or a mentee um, who is just absolutely worn out mm-hmm. and you, you recognize it, you see it and they're not necessarily doing much good, good for their service users either because they're just miserable. Um, we can have some really uh, enlightening discussions about, well, where are you in all of this? You know, what, what's happening to you? 
um, it's not selfish to be thinking about yourself and how you're functioning and, and what you're able to give or not give and so on. So in a way, I'm not saying I'm happy about burnout, but in a way that's really a, a, a big eye opener for, for us in, in these helping professions mm-hmm. to really think about what on earth we're doing. Yeah. And I was just going to say, so are we all thinking about it though? And I think that's, that's the, that's the point because I think yeah. when, you know, when Jerry and Joe was speaking, I was just, it just brought me back to my early career. Um, or, or the latter part of my, you know, my career in practice. And I didn't recognize the signs of being burnt out. I didn't know that's what it was. I knew there's, there's a whole probably a good few years where I can't actually remember what actually happened. Um, there's a bit of a fog. Um, and I think it speaks to that having to just go on, just, just, just to continue without even thinking about my own well-being, you know, my child being the first one at breakfast club and last one at after school club because I'm running around looking after everybody else. Um, I didn't know what self-care meant, um, in, in a wider space. I, you know, having a, a, a sit down on a Saturday afternoon for me was, was self-care, not realizing it, it meant, you know, a lot more than that. And that word, you know, resilience, um, Joe, that you mentioned, that has been weaponized. Um, because often that's, that would be used to kind of beat people with, mm. you know, if they weren't, you know, coping or mm. managing a 50 hour week or what have you. Um, it's because you're not, you know, and they were, they were blamed as opposed to, as you rightfully said, embedding it in the organizational structure and the wider, um, um, systems, um, that, that just manipulate us to, to, to continue. Um, so yeah, when we're talking about self-care, how are newly qualified and, you know, early career social workers, are they thinking about it like we are? Um, and what more can we be doing to, to help and support these kind of conversations? Yes, burnout's been spoken about and what have you, but I'm still not confident that these conversations are being had, you know. And, and in all honesty, probably the discussion has come a bit too late now mm-hmm. that about it. If we're talking about burnout, that means. Mm it's all come at the end of the world right and i guess it's it's compounded as well isn't it if you're from a a marginalized group and you're already experiencing a lot of difficulties and then also have this kind of sense that you've you've got to suck it up you've got to kind of be better and be better do more than other people and um, and i think that also has been traded on again i think that we're getting a little bit better at recognizing and calling out when um calling it out when say the only black person has to do all the anti-racism work or mm-hmm. you know people with lived experience have to talk about their experiences and educate people mm-hmm. for free but there's been that additional yeah you know, there's this kind of compound burdens aren't there placed on people mm-hmm. um, but i mean it, and certainly in some of the other work that we do Chantel, um we are bringing these things to the surface we're talking about these things where you know there's more transparency around the burdens of of you know, being the only black um, or brown person in, in in the space, and you know, cons- you know, because I, I I know recently I had a situation where, and I'm you know again, <laughs> I can only assume because I'm the only black person in the team, I've been asked to do the anti-racist training or the anti-discriminatory training, um, which I'm happy to do, but I'm jolly well going to say, is it because I'm the only black person in the room? So I think. Um, it's not that I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to make everybody aware that this is what it looks like and this is what it feels like and this is how it's experienced. 
And that's um, very effective when you do that, Sylvia. I, yeah. I absolutely encourage you. <laughs> I, I did some years ago now, I did the same thing to my only black colleague mm -hmm. and she called me out on it and it really sat me back on my yeah. bum, you mm -hmm. know, because I just, I had made so many assumptions. I don't even know where to begin. And it was, it was so good to have that conversation, a really challenging conversation and, 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 you know, be made to think through all the assumptions I was making. Mm -hmm in that request so i really encourage you know i encourage everybody to call out that mm -hmm. stuff because it's that's how we learn and grow mm -hmm. and they're not great conversations um <laughs> if you're the person who's put your foot in but you know by the same token um otherwise you just gallop on don't i'm gonna you? say the cycle just continues isn't it and that's, yeah. exactly that's exactly right so that's exactly yeah. what we do. You know, we, 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 we support people to have these conversations, you know, give them the confidence to do it because it, it, it's, it's, it's essential. And if you don't call it out, nobody else is going to say it. You know? and, it's not, and it's not, and it's not easy calling it out either. So no, you know, let's not get yeah. twisted. Yeah. No. But, but we've got to get better at having these conversations. And I think that's part of what we also talk about in arm um, and in other spaces as well. And people get an opportunity to kind of rehearse. Um, their thinking and so on. So, you know, it's and I raise it as as you know a white woman who who made that assumption sure. because I also think it's important that we talk about that, um, and and talk about mm -hmm. the fact that you know there was there's learning from that and there's opportunities and that it you know that it, it you're better for it. You are you're better for having yeah. these conversations. Yes, yeah. but I was also thinking, Chantelle, about what you were saying <laughs> about not recognizing when you're not okay in terms of self care. And I certainly related to what you said there. I um, haven't been functioning very well. I didn't function very well through COVID mm. um, because I had an extra addition, you know, an extra stress in, in my family. Um, my son wasn't able to school and ended up having poor mental health. And it's only been this year since in our family we've we've kind of healed and got better and worked mm things have worked out that I've realized how much of my brain space I did not have yeah. and how, what a narrow bandwidth I was functioning on mm -hmm. and that I was really hanging on by fingernails sometimes. Mm -hmm. And now I look back at how I'm functioning now and what I can do and the decisions I can make. And I think, Oh, this is all feels so much easier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, this you is know, where we have to spot other people in trouble, don't we? And, and help them out early because yeah. It's so hard to see it when you're, you know, when you're overwhelmed yeah. by that, you, you yeah. don't have the energy to realize it's happening. Mm. Um, and it's also you might start to feel like there's something wrong with you, you know, mm -hmm. rather than yeah. with what's around you. And particularly so that's the message that you're getting. If that's the message you're getting externally. That's, that's what you're going to internalize, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's okay. I was just going to say part of self-care is that supervision and peer support yeah. yeah and i know we bang on about supervision all the time but a good supervisor should be having difficult conversations well with people <laughs> to allow them to to kind of awesome realize of yeah and and that's that they're hard conversations to have as well i think mm. yeah, the times that i've been offered help i've tended to say oh no i don't need it i'm totally fine or yeah. that help that you're offering is going to cause me more trouble because <laughs> I'm just yeah. like so resistant to, yeah. to help. But it's always been right, you know, just stay, stay, persevere. If, you, if you're not trying to offer help, persevere. Um, yeah. The more resistant the person is, and probably the more they need it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> the more they need it, but yeah, they have to recognize they need it and they have to be confident in you that you can provide that help because, you know, even just saying, if, if I, I can look back at some managers now and if they said to me, oh, Chantel, you know, um, I want to help you. I, I would have been like, hmm, do, do you see what I mean? So again, mm-hmm. it's about the relationship. I think there's so many things we, you know, we, we, we need to look at. Uh, I'm doing some work around supervision actually. So it just made me think about, um, yeah, the, the importance of, you know, good quality supervision and how that can be a, a, a good inroad, um, to begin in these conversations and maintaining them as well. Yeah. Um, uh, it's really, really important. And um, having perhaps, cause I agree with you that Chantel, there's been times when my vulnerability and how I was trying to manage meant that the last thing that was welcome was kind of exposing that in front of my supervisor. <laughs> um, but for me, one of the things that's really changed my life, I think, is having a really good peer-to-peer conversation. And I have a formal one once a month with a peer. We don't work in the same field. We don't have any crossover. We don't do casework. We actually talk about how we manage the demands of work and the demands of life and how we get that right for ourselves um, and some of our ambitions and our ideas and those kind of things. And it's been life-changing for me in terms of just having support without strings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's another way you can take you can take care and self-help. And I guess that's what the people in ARM are doing. I was just about to say that. That's exactly, I love that support without strings. I'm, I've written that down. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You know, we're not attached to anybody's workspace. We're not going to be reporting to any manager. It's that space where you can just be yourself, unapologetic, um, and just, yeah, just be. And just say, you know, just come and just be. Um, and it's, yeah, it's amazing. Really, really, really amazing. Yeah. I wonder if maybe to finish up with, we could just say something each about what's really struck us from this conversation to Mm. kind of take away. I mean, for me, it's rest is resistance. I just absolutely am blown away by that idea that there's, it's, it's like, it's not, it's bigger than permission to look after yourself, isn't it? It's, it's kind of an exhortation to do that. It's a statement, you know, you're making a bold statement and standing up, you know, we say, well, I say I'm an activist and I'm, you know, trying to change systems and what have you. Um, Rest is a massive part of that. And the author of that book, actually, Trisha Hershey, we've got to give her her credit. Um, She writes it in such a way that it, 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 it just makes your hairs, you know, on your arms stand up. Um, Yeah. Rest is, is, absolutely part of our dna it's something we have to do um and we must do and we must be intentional about it um as i said it's much more than just painting your nails fixing up on a friday you know and all the things that we've been taught um it's much more of a statement a bold statement and an intention um and i think that's where that's what that's my mantra for this year and going forward as well i'm not there yet um, but that's my path. Um, and I think that's, that's important for this, from this conversation and not me to bring back with arm as well. Um, well, there's so many nuggets that we've, um, <laughs> been sharing. So I'm going to stay with the whole rest thing because just having come back from a, sort of a, a sort of three month 
How long? How long again? How long was you away? All right, all right, Chantelle. <laughs> Jealousy <laughs> is not a pretty look, Chantelle. <laughs> well, I love green. Green suits me. And she did say I could. She did say I could go. She did give me permission. <laughs> she did sign the memo. So I don't know what she's railing for now. You would have needed but, it uh, after forty years in social work, though. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Jerry. Um, but yeah, like what you've both said, I'm. Because even the other day when when Chantelle and I was were chatting and um, she was saying things things to me like um, don't go don't don't go back to the old routine don't go you know <laughs> and I was, and that's really resonated with me because in a way it will undo everything that I think I've kind of achieved um, sort of resting um, and that that's going to be a real challenge mm. because everything around you particularly in 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 our society is pushing you to do more to do more to do more um and what what i think is really important is we need to think more um we need to think more we need to have um more thoughts about our our compassion for each other and and those kind of, those sorts of things so i'm i'm left swirling really um with 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 lots of thoughts about how it can be done differently, um, and that is what I would be sharing with new social workers, with uh, managers that I may supervise, or or you know I encounter in 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 sort of training courses and so on, encouraging them to think about this thing differently because everything pushes us to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And we're looking to you to set that example. No, no, thanks, Sylvan. I, I just want to say we're looking to you. And that's one of the reasons why I said that to you, you know, about not getting back into the routine is because we are looking to you um, to set that example and for us to see what, what this will no, no pressure like. then. No pressure at all. No, no, you know. But it's these 40 years of experience, you know, you have to put it to good use, you know, because you have, you know, some 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 younger colleagues looking up at you and wanting you to, to show us the way. So, um yeah. <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I might jump in there because of the thing that I was just thinking about, Sylvia, is, you know, that it's a definition of madness, isn't it? To do the same thing over and over again and expect different <laughs> results. So um, and, and so it's kind of that idea if we've had this jolt out of, um, out of the routine, can we, can we make it more human? more humane and more connected and and what I've been thinking about during the whole uh, conversation we've been having is that idea of people coming together to meet their own needs collectively mm-hmm. so that idea of a collective movement for individuals to the, the, to attend to their own needs but of course in doing so are attending to each other's <laughs> and and how we can replicate that kind of model much more in social work yeah. because to me that's what social work is all about where where you know all the time we're encouraged you no know, help look at people's communities look at their resources build things up you know make sure that they're hooked in and they're connected and all of that and yet in a way we haven't perhaps taken advantage of that for ourselves as much as we could as a profession. So, um, you know, taking that model of individual collectiveness and community and connection for self-care, I think, is is just a really fantastic idea and could be, you know, could be the radical one we're looking for in social work. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. It's been brilliant talking. Thank you. Really therapeutic and <laughs> really informative. You could have gone on for another hour, right? <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, definitely. Yeah, I hope everyone who's listening is really excited about um, the possibility of this new podcast because I know I am. I'm just going away buzzing about this. I think it's going to have such a fantastic life. So it's great.